Hey there, you've pressed play on the world's top podcast for track and field coaches. Welcome to the Gill Athletics Track and Field Connections. The show is brought to you by Gill Athletics, empowering coaches with innovative equipment since 1918. Head on over to gillathletics.com for all your track and field equipment needs. I'm your host, Mike Cunningham, and it is my pleasure to bring you another amazing coach and share their journey with you. Our goal is to connect you with the amazing people who have chosen the coaching profession, and today's guest is a powerful example of the impact a coach makes on our world. Let's get to it. The starter has called us to the start line. It's showtime. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for another fun, enticing, chaotic week of questions, answers, and a little bit of everything in between and all of that. So uh, let's get started this evening. Uh, looks like we are going to be super plain Jane today, and we'll start with Christopher Huffins. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm making a, a very rare, a rare uh, incognito appearance. Don't tell Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got Clyde. What's going on? And then Lucius. What's up, everybody? Thank you, one. Thank you all for joining us, as always. So uh, we're going to get busy. And we're going to be busy because there are a lot of things that are happening coming up that, that don't make sense anymore. Um, how can Minnesota justify the dismantling of their men, men's track and field team now that Big Ten football has reinstated starting on the 24th of this month? Birdman, you oh, want this to go first? Yeah, but that's, that's a Birdman special right there. <laughs> I, you know, I, I guess I'll just jump right in with both feet because y'all know that's what I want to do. Um, I think this speaks to a conspiracy that I that I have well known was afoot for quite some time. Um, they just wanted to get rid of men's track because there was never a justification for it. And if you look at the amount of money that they saved, there was never a justification for it. This just puts permanent egg on their faces and somebody's going to have to answer to this because at the end of the day, there is literally no justification for dropping any of their programs, certainly not their men's track and field program, affecting the second largest minority athletics uh, team on campus. Um, I think this is going to be a growing trend, unfortunately. I think there's going to be a great number of athletic departments that are going to use the cover of COVID to rearrange things the way they would like for them to be. I think there's a lot of schools that realize that life financially is better with 16 sports than 21. And I think they're gonna use the COVID excuse to get there. 
you know, un unfortunately, you know, uh, I think you may be right. And like, for me, I, I don't think that like justification, I don't think they feel like they need one. Um, I do think that, um, so I think Clive mentioned this a while back that, you know, a lot of the athletics associations are going to figure out and universities are going to figure out how wasteful they've been. And so in an attempt to not be wasteful, they're going to say, okay, we're going to use this as an excuse now because we don't have the normal funds coming in to start cutting back these programs. But, you know, like we talked about before, cutting a men's track and field program is minute in the big scheme of things. And by the small amount of dollars you save versus the amount of lives you affect, the amount of opportunities you give, and I'm not talking about just opportunities as far as athletics. The athletic side is a, is a small part of it. Let's talk about the opportunities from the academic side. And, you know, obviously some, we're talking about education. And so with education, therefore, becomes opportunities to, you know, take care of yourself, you know, you know and that kind of thing. So for me, um, I, I don't, there's never been a justification for me. You know, I've never bought into the fact that we can't play football, so we got to cut sports. You know, I do think that, you know, what the pandemic has done, not just in the world of athletics, but in the world as a whole, has shown people how wasteful we can be. But I think we're using this as an excuse to do things that wanted to be done. You know, I'm going to call it pandemic courage is what I'm going to call it. Ooh, I, I, I like that. I Make like that, that a shirt. Yeah, <laughs> hashtag for that. I like that. Um, pandemic courage. Well, well done, sir. Um, I would agree. I think that's ultimately what it is. And, you know, in a situation like that, I just, it's not that, it's not that they need an excuse or that, or that they need a justification because who's going to force them to have one? Like, let's be real about it. Like who, yeah. who's going to hold the, who's going to hold the, the, the administrators that made that decision's feet to the fire and, and force them to reverse it? The, the I have an answer to that. I have okay. an answer to that. Right, how about how about the rest of the Big Ten institutions? Why? Because at some point in time, somebody's got to be held to somebody's got to do the right thing. Am I wrong? Maybe I, you know, maybe I'm crazy. I didn't mean to cut you off. Please continue. No, 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 no. I, I, I am. I'm, I'm totally into that. Why would the other institutions in the league be like, hey guys, probably not the best idea. You, you should not do that. Why would they care? Because at some point in time, there's going to be a there's going to be a public reckoning for all of these things. I, like, I, look, I'm I'm not necessarily one of those people that thinks that you know um, litigation is the answer to everything. But here's what I do know: the average track team in this country, on the men's side, has 50 guys. And there's 12.6 scholarships, so there's 37.4 scholarships being spent in order for the right to do track and field. Right. So let's that's let's stop with all this narrative about how much money the track and field program is blowing through and which we've already talked about how little money they're saving. Right. But at some point in time, somebody, one of these student athletes, one one group of these student athletes is going to say, you know what, this is some unmitigated bullshit. Sure. And and my fear and I mean, I agree with the point. I just my fear in all of this, it, it, it's kind of like how the, the world of athletics currently plays out, right? Like, will enough of the student athletes who quote unquote matter stand up for this? If, if it's just track and field athletes pissed off about this particular school cutting this particular sport, 
that's not important enough. No, no one's going to care. They don't carry enough weight. It has to be the athletes on the football side. It has to be the athletes on the basketball courts to say, you know what, we as a coalition of athletes, we're going to stand up for our own. It's, you know what, you know, ironically, it's, it's just like what Christian Taylor and the crew are trying to do with world athletics right now. If, if that union that is trying to move forward doesn't stand up for the race walk being canceled, they're not going to have enough cachet or enough backbone or no one's going to take them seriously enough to stand up when they want to do something about the triple jump. It, you have to be all in or not in. So the track and field athletes don't carry enough weight to really do anything. I don't think. I don't think that the people that make decisions and the people cutting the checks are scared of those people. They're only scared of the football players and the basketball players. And that's why student athletes as a whole mobilizing together, strength in numbers, that works. Individual sports standing up and, and voicing their gripes about what's happening to them. It's not going to carry enough weight. So, you know, for me, I don't think that, or aren't they ultimately have to do the right thing? No, because who's holding them accountable for doing the right thing? Like not enough people that matter. And that, that's, that's a very pessimistic view of the situation. But on these particular issues, I, I am not the one to be confused with the optimist. That is not me. I well, just, you know, I, I think that the big issue you have here is, and you're absolutely right. Like, you know, the, the, the track team can stand up and yell and scream and holler. We want to raise funds and all that stuff. And um, they're, they're, they're not going to listen if they don't want the track and field program to exist. Now, if the football team as a whole walks into the athletic department or the athletic director's office and says, we don't play unless we have a track and field program, oh, there'll be a reinstated bit. There's no doubt about that. And, and, and as far as the rest of the league goes, I mean, I don't, I don't know – um, like, like, what would they say? Oh, we're not going to run if we if you guys don't let Minnesota run. You know, they're not going to put their lives in jeopardy. They're not going to put their livelihood in jeopardy. Now, do I think that every school in the league is going to make a statement and maybe already has that they support, you know, the program being reinstated? They want them to be a part of the league. There's no doubt about that. But like, what what action could, if you're, if you're at one of the other schools in the league, what really can you do to force Minnesota's hands to put them back in action? would be my question. And, and, and just like any, just like any other issue, right? Like you can step out and, and I'll take it away from Minnesota. So, so it's not so personal for certain people. Like if a program in league X gets canceled and the rest of the league and the coaches in it stand up and make their public statements, that's dope. Like, cool. You made a statement kind of like, you know, putting out a tweet for black lives matter. What are you actually prepared to do about it is a different issue. And so putting out the statement is cool, but at the end of the day, I think the majority of people are, are content to go on with their lives and be thankful that they didn't lose their jobs. And that sucks, but that's typically how people are. Yeah, I, you know, I think one of the things I find very interesting and, you know, I'm not calling them out for this, but so Minnesota combined their programs Two years ago, a year ago, something of that nature. Recently. Right. And then now they're going to cut the men's portion of the program. Does anybody else find that weird? Oh, because they're not because they're not actually cutting a men's program now. It's a combined program. 
they've just basically said, hey, all of you women, you matter, but you men don't. And it is interesting to me that at some point in time in one of these schools that the female track and field athletes haven't said, don't blame us because that's what's happening. They're making female track and field athletes and coaches out to be the scapegoat via the Title IX reason, right? Because that's where most men's track programs have been cut is because, you know, when you have to make budget budget cuts, they always use Title IX as the crutch as to why it's a men's track program and not a women's track program that gets cut. That's why there are now five, count them, five men's track programs in a 14-person MAC league. There's 14 women's teams and five men's teams now. Yeah, when I was at Louisiana Tech, that was the reality. I think there was four men's programs in the WAC at the time, which again, Louisiana Tech and the WAC made no sense. And yeah. the, and everybody had a women's program. But I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was four. It was four programs. It was, uh, yeah, because there were a couple that, that didn't do indoor. The, yes, that's right. Four indoor, yeah. five outdoor, something like that. It was weird. Yeah. Way, Some, it was weird. Well, don't forget, too, Minnesota has since then cut spots from the women's side. So they didn't go unscathed. They just didn't go completely away. Now, did they cut them or are they planning to cut them? Um, if I remember the verbiage correctly, they cut them. But you're right. It could be a plan, too. I mean, that's a pretty deep cut if they're cutting them in the same year as cutting them. I, I just remember they were planning to cut some some uh, scholarships from women's cross country, which doesn't have mm -hmm. cross which doesn't, which doesn't have scholarships. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it said forty one positions. Yeah, yeah, they're Crazy. they're they're, cu they're cutting imaginary spots because there's no roster limits or roster caps in track and field or cross country. Anyway, mm -hmm. let's move on before I move to Minnesota and start shooting people. That that oh I'm sorry, let me take that back. That was I, I know I look that was. Uh, What's the word? That was reactionary. I just mean, if we don't get off this topic, reactionary, gonna get called for belligerent. Yeah, I, I said that. that. I agree. <laughs> it's all of those things. Yes, it was. Just don't tell Lamar. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. yes. This, this He's is, got the this wrong is hat. Lamar is all is usually in this chair. Right. Uh, See. Right. There you go. So let's maybe, let's just maybe he's up. wearing off on me because <laughs> he don't got that cup. <laughs> um, but let's put some more fuel on this fire. Uh, what role do coaches play in the demise of our track and field programs? Oh, wow. Uh, I, you know what? I'm going to jump in here and go first again. Um, silence is compliance. Okay. Elaborate, please. I think a great number. I mean, Clyde actually just spoke to it, right? There are, there are a great number of people uh, who see things being done wrong and refuse or are afraid in most cases, I think, to speak up and speak out about the wrongness of some of these things because they don't want to lose their jobs. There's, there is a self-imposed fear that that's a thing. Okay. Well, I'm not really sure where you were going with that one, but... Um... I wasn't going anywhere. I went right where I, I wanted to go. Yeah. <laughs> which is by not saying okay, anything, which I'm not going anywhere, but I was going where I wanted to go, which has to exactly. be somewhere. So you don't want to go anywhere, which is something I don't want you to be confused. So I'm going I'm I'm to put a, a point to it for there, you. There's a cup around there somewhere, but no, there's no cup. 
Um, so all I'm gonna tell you is this, and I think what the question speaks to is the role the coaches play in the development, the, the success of said programs, and that if maybe the programs were more successful, that maybe they wouldn't be the first ones on the chopping block. And I think that, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's two sides of that coin. Um, I think that clearly there's some people out there that could do better. You know, that's, that's just in track and field, that's in um, a whole lot of other sports. And it's just because track seems to be the, the easy target right now. Um, but I, I definitely think that, you know, there's, there's got to be a, a better way to have a little more pride in what you're doing. Um, have put a better product out there. Um, like anything else in this world, if you don't want to get fired, you do a great job. It's hard for them to get rid of it. You know, so I, I just got to believe that you're not saying that that's what happened in Minnesota because they have had some success over, over, over years. But I do think that the more, the better product you can put out there, the, the least, the least likely you are to get, uh, to have these kind of problems. I would agree. Um, throughout my, you know, and, and I've had four now, four NCAA jobs in my career. <clears throat> and no matter where I've been and whatever levels I've been working at, <clears throat> I've encountered coaches who take their jobs very serious and care about what they do for a living. And I've encountered people who were just collecting the check for as long as they can collect the check for. And unfortunately, I think the majority of people in our profession are the latter. And when they are, that makes it very, very easy and very, very convenient to take a hatchet to what often is the second largest team on the campus. But you know what I mean? Like football is obviously the, if they have, if a school has football, they're gonna run huge numbers. You take that away or a school that doesn't have football, track does a huge amount of numbers. And even though we don't necessarily spend more than other sports, because our sport isn't really that expensive to run, other with the exception of indoor, depending on where you're located, it's it's an easy PR thing to be like, oh, we have this huge team out here and we're gonna get rid of a portion of it. See, we're being frugal. See, we're trying to take economic responsibility for our situation. Well, to the point. If the team is really good, if the team is competitive at whatever level they're trying to be competitive at, if you're if you're at a school that the best thing you can do is win your conference championship, but you're always in last place, you're probably begging for some people to lose their jobs or for an athletic director to sit around and be like, why are we blowing money on this thing? Like it's easy enough to to get there, you know, from an administrative standpoint. So I think coaches play a huge role in not putting out a good product. Uh, like Lucius said, and not being <clears throat> not being the most staunch advocates they can for what it is they do for a living. Like administrators don't really understand what it is that we do. There's no score. There's no highlights that are on ESPN. It it can be difficult to articulate what your value is, and if you can't articulate it to the people that are paying your bills, again, you're kind of asking for someone to come around. You know to figure out why are we doing this thing? So for me, I've always been about promoting, you know, our value, not just to the track public, but internally to, to the, you know, what goes on on the campus or what goes on within the department. Like your kids should be out there being the best advocates they can within your bubble. They should have a, a face in the community. 
they should put out good efforts on on, on their fields and, and, and on the track and they should be competitive. And when those things are, are going on, it's harder to, to do that. I can't think Minnesota is actually the first program that I can think of that was like a legitimately competitive team that had to take this big ax in, in recent memory. It's always some random place that, that no one's really thinking about or a program that hasn't had that much success that ends up in these situations. And so I, I think that's the biggest thing that coaches can do is, you know, be better advocates for what it is you do for a living and, and make your kids and their efforts more visible to the people that pay your bills. So, so let me just throw a couple things in here too. To some degree, debunk the narrative that you both have painted. I, I do think that you're both right in some cases, but we'll go backwards. The University of Maryland had one of the best track and field programs and one of the best track and field histories in this country. And they had their track program gutted from 12.6 to four scholarships. When did this happen? 15 years ago. They maybe a little, maybe they a little longer. When that happened, they weren't that good. Okay, but uh, so, so so look, I'm gonna I'm look, I'm gonna roll with you on the history side of it. But while you're debunking things, debunk yourself on that part of it. <laughs> okay, so so what? To, so if I'm gonna follow your your logic, if you have three bad years in a row, and I know there was more than three, but but like there's never an excuse. If if you have a great track and field history, right? That means that it's been done. Now maybe you got a bad coach. Sure, I'll buy that. But like it's not like Texas A&M was tearing it up before Pat got there. Anyway, let me continue. UCLA's men's gymnastics program is the number one gymnastics program in the country and it got cut. So I, I'm telling you as much as what you're saying, what both of you are saying makes sense. We can't give athletic, athletic departments and directors any credence for making common sense decisions. Well, the program's not that good. So we put them on the chopping block. The truth of the matter is I don't think it matters whether you're good or bad. I think it, look, if they want it to look a certain way, they're going to make it look a certain way. That's and what you know, I believe. I don't, I don't think I, I don't. I can't speak for Clyde, but you know, speaking for myself, I don't think I was painting that narrative. I don't either. Any anywhere I, close? I, I to agree that. with that statement. Yeah. If they're gonna make it look how they want it to look, I agree with that. Right. You know, they're gonna do what they want to do. But at the end of the day, what I'm saying is, and I think what Clyde is saying also is, it makes it harder for them to do. If you're more, if you're more successful, so yeah, you give a couple examples of things that happen. Okay, I got you, but there's not a plethora of those things going on. I'll give you, I'll give you the best example that that pops into my brain. There's been a lot of cuts to HBCU programs, scholarships, travel, all that stuff. There's been a lot of cuts over the past five, ten years to HBCU programs. Now, I don't imagine that Alabama State is necessarily in any better financial situation than any other school, but I guarantee you all hell would break loose if you try to cut Richie Bean's program down because of how successful he has been and the standard that he holds and within that conference, the light that that program is. Like, if you want to cut FAMU, that sucks. And they have a great history but they're a long way removed from when they were competitive in their conference. And so when it happened, I'm sure some people were hurt. I know some people were pissed, but there wasn't a big groundswell of like, oh, that really shouldn't have happened. 
try go go tell Richie Bean you're gonna take his program from 18 women's scholarships to 10 or from 12.5 to four on the men's side. It'd be a problem. It'd be a problem if they did that at North Carolina A&T. You know what I mean? Like that part of it has to matter. And not just because they're good on the track, they're visible in the community. He's visible in the community. Everybody on that campus knows the value that he is and his standard and what he's done for that school. So, you know, it. those those are the kind of things I was talking about. Now, could you get some crazy admin in there and say, to hell with it, we're doing it anyway. Sure, like to hell with it. We're gonna fire George Williams anyway. Okay, but there's a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a whole issue. That's fired. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a whole issue, but at the end of the game, it's, at the end of the day, it's not a whole issue, right? I mean, I think we all agree that Georgia Tech's men's pro, men's track and field program has been historically pretty damn good. And two years after Angelo Taylor finished the Georgia Tech, they cut the budget in half. Like, guys, I I, I want to believe, I want to hey. believe that we as coaches can can help make this better. But I just like history says it's not true. Okay, what, what history says is that you can find, like anything, other thing in history, one or two instances where that happens, or three or four or whatever. But in the grand scheme of things, you're talking about 99 to 1. Like, you like you can't go, the list doesn't go on and on forever about those things that happen. And I'm not disagreeing with you that, like my man said, you said somebody gets a wild hair and says, I want these people gone, and they're going to make them gone because they have that power, you know? But I do think that if it's, it's a little harder to get rid of some of the people that are getting it done right now. I, I hope that's true. History says it is. Okay. I mean, they just cut Minnesota's program and they were third in the Big Ten. So is that One, like, is that, right, so, is that, so, just, is that I, terrible? Okay. No, and that's that's my point. Like, Nobody says it's why, not terrible. Like, that's you're like, part of the reason why I was shocked. It's changing the narrative of the conversation. The conversation no. is that that if okay, it's harder if you're better. So you know, like, look, it's a travesty what happened in Minnesota. But Minnesota is the exception, not the rule. We shall see. I sure hope so. You shall see. That'll be that's the, that's the exception. All right. Let's give your blood pressures a break for a moment. Um, Please. Let's. <laughs> Let's talk about let's let's get a little little Nostradamus on us here and predict the women's one hundred meter final in Tokyo. Oh, you think that's going to relieve blood pressure? Unless you have high blood pressure. <laughs> you, you think that's going to help somebody's blood pressure? Not at all. Go, go, go ahead, Clyde. We're, uh, you, you're, we're you're, the you're, you're the resident uh, predictionist. You go ahead. Now, now, how am I the resident predictionist? This none of this was my <laughs> idea at all. But well, it's, okay. it's, not, it's, not, it's not it's not about whether it's your idea or not. You know, we, we don't need to travel down that well-beaten path. The bottom line <laughs> is, is that you're the guy that likes to predict stuff. So predict. Well, um, I may have to circle back on places. Um, but for me, the 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 medalists, oh man, this is so hard. So I don't, I don't think, bar, obviously, this is always, you know, barring injury or whatever. I don't think Shelly Ann leaves uh, Tokyo without a medal. Um, I, I don't, I don't think um, that Dina Asher Smith leaves Tokyo without a medal. And after that, it's a whole lot, it's a whole lot of whatever and maybes and who the hell knows. But those two, 
I'm I'm pretty rock solid. Those two are walking out of there with a medal. Now, the fact of the matter is, when it comes to the Americans, I couldn't even predict with any kind of straight face who the American team, let alone. I'm I'm being I'm being serious. I know, but the American team, let alone medal from it. The the women's hundred meters in America is the most wide open I've ever seen it. There's who knows. Now everybody will say she carries the favorite. Maybe she is, but she's still a kid who is unproven at the international level. So that's really hard to do. I'd love to see it, but until I see it, that that's not a prediction that I'm you know ready to make. And you know, when I'm looking out at the rest of the, the rest of the world, it's like. Who's really in there? Talu? Prior to right now, I would have said Talu, maybe, but she looked bad this summer. And I'm like, if you're gonna step out there and keep running, she looked bad. So it's like, you know, I don't know. Um, give me a minute. I'll circle oh. back. Okay, so, so Lucius, why, so Lucius so, has so, the hand rub. So, so, I like so why so while you're circling, you know, why why you know while you're getting your brain, you know, your brain brain leaks, see. How do you have a conversation about the women's hundred and you don't mention Elaine Thompson? I'm sorry, say it again. Say it, say it one you more time. No, 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 it's my floor right now. I'm gonna let you get back. You just ask me a question. You want me no, to no, 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 it's this rhetorical question. I'm not oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Ridiculous because you got, you're circling right now. Right? So you, you, we'll get back to you. I'll let you answer that. Um, Elaine Thompson was clearly anyone that watched the summer especially the end of it, Elaine Thomas was, she was dogging 10-8, like it was nothing. So, so I'm gonna tell you right now that Dina Asher Smith will not leave, she may not leave there without a medal, but she will not get a medal in the 100, okay? And I'm gonna be going even further to say that not only will Shakira Richardson win our trials, Shakira Richardson is going to get a medal in the Olympic Games, okay? okay. So I'm gonna go Shelly in, come on, Correct order. Elaine, Shakiri, Shelly. That's my order. Oh, so you have, wait a minute, you have Elaine winning the Olympics. Oh, absolutely. Shakiri finishing second. Absolutely. And Shelly Ann coming home with a bronze. Yep. Oh, so, wow. Okay. So, so right. here's what I'm going to say I, I agree almost 100% with everything that my man Lucius just said, except. I think that the Jamaicans are going to go one, two, and Shakari is going to get the bronze. And I do absolutely believe that Elaine Thompson is going to win in Bolt-esque fashion. I think she's going to win by a lot. If she's healthy, maybe. I think if she doesn't get hurt, if, the, if nothing bad happens between now and then, and obviously, look, that's, that's why predictions are what they are, right? But I think, I, I, in my opinion, this is going to be the weirdest looking 100 meters ever because there's going to be a clear first, a clear second, and a clear third. See? That's what I think. Cool. And, I, and I'm good with all of that. Where I was circling back to, sir, you, I'm going to answer your actually rhetorical question. The other <laughs> women who were in this box of my considerations, Shakari, Elaine Thompson, and actually Otto's baby, Brianna. I think all of them are in this weird little mix of what is actually going to go down. That's that's for me. 
like those like those are the three Jamaican women that I feel are going to be on the on the team and coming off of this all this weird stuff with COVID I, I'm just I'm not ready to do that Elaine has Elaine ever dominated mm -hmm. at that level yes dominated yes. you're talking about domination Dominated. I was like, did you not see 2016? Were you there? Like, weren't you there? No, I was not in Rio. Well, I watched. Yes, the I was. Well, I was there. I was there. domination. That okay. was domination. What I'm saying. Maybe, maybe you were asleep when they when they did the replay what, back from this. What I'm saying. What I'm saying to you, sir. What I'm saying to you, sir, is the dominant figure in the women's hundred for the since 2008 has been Shelly Ann. Except for 2016. Cool. But when I'm saying dominant figure, losing one race is not, you know, it, it's like you had a moment and it's a great moment. It's the Olympic moment. Cool. But you t if you tell, if you ask me to put some money on it, which we're, none of us are actually okay, allowed I'm, to I'm do. Not, I'm not asking you to put money <laughs> right. on anything, sir. No, I'm that's just what? saying if, if that's- I just don't, don't know how you, I don't know how you have a conversation because she is the reigning Olympic champ. Yeah, that, that's cool. Is and she, and, so, and so, so, so the other thing is this is that you talked to me about Shakiri's international experience, but yet you want to put Rihanna Williams in the final? I didn't, has, sir, sir I didn't, I didn't do that. Did you, but you know, you know, you said, no, I didn't we're going to rewind the tape because you like to do this. Rewind the tape and you said, I have this box of women. Yes. Who are going to be factors for the other, the other places. And you mentioned We're going to be potentially in the mix. That's right. Okay, so you can't so that, that would make them a finalist, right? Mix, if you're in the mix, finalist. you got to be a finalist. Oh no no! I yeah I have no problem. I have no so, problem so saying that I think Brianna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you this. No problem. No problem. There's eight no, women. No, There's no, eight no, women no, in the no, final. No no diss to Brianna or to Otto. She got to make that team because they ain't gonna be easy to make that team. Okay cool. But there's eight women in the final, right? Okay, so if you got three Jamaicans in the final, and you got one American in the final, and you got uh, Dina in the final, and you got Talu in the final, there's two other spots. Why couldn't Brianna make that final? Like making the final, I don't even think. I, I'm I, not, did, I didn't say she couldn't. I was just speaking to the fact that you wanted to call on Shakiri's lack of international experience. But see, wait a minute. So, but, oh, no, hey, no, 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 you don't get to hijack oh, this. You don't get to I'm hijack not, it back I'm to making the final. Anything. The question was look, medalist, look, sir. Hold on a second. The question was exactly. medalist. Exactly. So in no, your now we're talking about who's gonna make a final. Shikiri and the medalist. Okay, but I'm look, talking about medals. I'm second. not talking please, about making the final. Please make my point. Go ahead. Okay. You said in terms of Shakiri being successful, right? Metal. Okay. Okay. So, metal. Right. so metal. Okay. So meddling international experience. This yes. was no international business here, either, but you want to put her in the mix using that box of people that can Sir, you're right, look, you said wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who wait, wait a minute. Which athlete, which athlete? has had more international experience, Brianna or Sha'Carri Richardson? In terms of what? Races on the international scene. I, I, don't, I don't recall that Brianna's had that much international experience. Who's been a pro longer? She's not going to do anything. She hasn't done anything professionally. Neither of them have. That's my point. We're talking so, about two things. No, that's my point. <laughs> can, about I, can I interject for a second? Yeah, please do. Because he's, he's on drugs. We're, we're, because we were talking about who's going to win, right? Well, right. We're talking about the medals for now. We're talking about the medalists. Right. And I want to make a point about the medalist. There's a very, very, very strong reason as to why I think that Elaine is going to win and going to beat Shelly Ann. It's because prior to this year, 
they had the same coach. One of those people now has a different coach. I wanted coach. to get to, so, but I got, so we're but there. I'm not being sidetracked with a, with a conversation about who's going to be in a final, not who's going to make the medal. So anyway, <laughs> the one who has the same coach is the one who looked spectacular this summer. So am I saying that Shelly Ann's trash now because she doesn't have the same coach? No. But am I saying that changing coaches in an Olympic year, which then becomes another year, is going to be a difference between her and someone that, they, that I think that they are marginally separated by ways of talent. But I will tell you this, the way Elaine looked this summer, there is not a female on this planet that can beat her. And oh, cool. the way Shelly Ann always looks in Olympic years, I don't think there's anybody except Elaine who can beat her. So for my money, I would put money on gold. I would put money on silver. And I think Shakari is the best of the rest of that group talent-wise. And her and her experience is going to be null and void only because, only because next year is going to be a year that ain't nobody ever had any experience with. Wait a minute. And, and okay, so I, I will I refuse to allow my thoughts to be misconstrued by the panel. That's not where I ain't going for that. Sir, state Mr. your state your claim clearly, so we, so we, nobody can miss. I, I thought I said it clearly the first time, but it, apparently I didn't. So let's run through this again. The question is, who are we predicting to come out with medals? And yes. I was very very clear. Shelly's coming out with a medal, and I think Dean is coming out with a medal. That's all I said about medals. After that. I said there are a group of people that I have consideration for. Shakari is clearly, no one would argue otherwise, the American favorite. I don't believe that more than one American makes that final. Shakari should be the uh, should be the favorite to do so. Cool. Shakari in the final. I think there will be three Jamaicans in the final. I think Brianna makes her team easily and gets into that final. Okay. Elaine Who's your third clearly, medalist? Elaine clearly looked very good this year, but to your point, so did Shelly with her coaching change. Shelly ran 1085 win legal. You forget that? That happened. No, I didn't forget. I didn't forget that. And I watched the race. And I'm telling you this right now. Elaine's two 10-8s were jogathons that she won by 10 meters. Cool. That's all fine. Those eight, ten, eight. I've seen the races. I've seen the races. I understand the point you're making. I get that. I was concerned about the coaching change as well. She looked pretty damn good to me. And I'm sorry. In that fire, in those moments, I would probably roll with the person who's proven over and over and over again, the one that always seems to find a way to get it done over Elaine. I just would. Elaine. Okay. Elaine is a perfectly rational choice for the third. I think Shakari is a rational choice for the third. I wouldn't. I would not say that I think Brianna's gonna. Uh, Brianna's gonna medal. I didn't say that. So, in the so, wise wise words of those smarter than me, land your plane. Who is I, your third going, choice, sir? I, listen again. Look, because you know what? That damn plane has been circling. It's about to run out of gas. <laughs> Who is your third medalist? I'm going to go with the Homer pick, and I'm going to rock with the American. I'm going to say Shakari 
bronze. Since we're going places, I'm going to say Sha'Carri bronze, Dina second, and um, Shelly Ann first. I think Elaine gets fourth. Okay. Please, Please write all of those down, down. Madam Chu. They're all down. I got them Woo. in order. Woo. Let me try God to stand this. Man. <laughs> all right. All right. Curb so stomp. This is this is a wordy one, so I've I've exhausted you now, and now we're we're gonna see how well you can pay attention. Okay. Per the NCAA, cross country athletes are able to compete the fall competitions and then contest the winter spring championship without losing eligibility. How are we deeming this equitable in comparison to the other athletes who will compete in indoor outdoor track? season uh obviously the ncaa has hired uh, a new person that works there um david copperfield and he has created some sort of magic trick where you can appear at races in the fall and appear at races in two different sports in the spring yet magically none of it counts but wait it does count hmm um, I think just based on my joking explanation of all of that, there's only one word for any of that, and that's fuckery. That this makes no sense to anyone. You cannot rent run races that mean nothing in the fall, then come back and run races that mean everything in the spring, and come back and run races in another sport that can fit that finishes two days after after it, and none of that counts against your eligibility and then what the entire country of indoor track and field athletes got all the way to albuquerque were warmed up at the facility but then their whole indoor facility their whole indoor counts uh again david copperfield on line one um mr lucius i'm, I'm gonna need a little assistance with this because I, I want the people who may only be casual observers of all this to fully understand what's happening right now in 2021 the indoor national championship is scheduled for what day? March 13th. And the indoor, I mean, the cross country championship is scheduled for what day? March 15th. The NCAA has decided that the cross country championship is gonna happen yet will not count against eligibility, but the indoor championship is gonna happen and absolutely will and distance runners are allowed to compete in both of them if say they if they so choose right. correct correct i don't i don't know how or why or who came up with that but that is utterly insane and horrifically unfair like why is the distance running community getting this privilege to have their stuff extended and no one else is to uh lamar's point last year there was an indoor season yet no indoor championship due to covid and that entire season didn't get a pass either so if you if you were not a senior last year and you qualify for indoor nationals you didn't get to run and you don't get that one back 
And this year you will get to run, but it counts against you. Yet the the 10K runner is just running out here, running for fun, running for free and going to nationals and doing the whole thing and gets to extend their life, I, I, I guess, forever. I mean, what's next? Like next year, you know, none, none of it counts. Oh, and mind you, I'm sorry for those that don't know, some conferences are having an actual competitive cross-country season now. Right now, yeah. So Correct. I don't know how anybody, I don't know who pulled that off. I need their attorneys. I need I need some of that, that mouthpiece in my life because my mouthpiece ain't even that good. I need to know. I need I need to understand because I don't get it. Harry well, Houdini. You're never... You're never getting understanding on this because I don't think the people that made the decision have an understanding of it. The biggest travesty for me is the fact that, okay, so, you know, the calendar year of 1920, when it comes in terms of the academic year. So you have cross country in the fall, you have indoor track, and you have outdoor track. Well, indoor and outdoor track got canceled. Indoor season ended abruptly. People got charged the season, right? So cross country got to run. So in all fairness, why wouldn't they just get canceled this year and move on like what our lives like we had to? Hey. That's, the, that's the biggest thing I don't get. I don't get. So then we move forward and now we're going to let them run in the fall, run in the spring slash winter, and then not have a cost against them. Well, you know, I think this just speaks to a lot of issues we have going on around us right now. And at some point in time, we need to stop. We need to think. We need to think about the fact that we're putting these student athletes in jeopardy because there's going to be people out there that try to have their kids do both, which is unfair, not only to the athletes, you know, but to, to everybody, to everybody involved, you know, why, you know, my opinion, why put them in that situation? Yeah, you know, I guess legally you can't make them choose. And honestly, you probably shouldn't, but the right thing to do was either have cross country in the fall, because maybe, maybe I missed something. Okay. We were not going to play football in certain situations. Right. But then we decided, Oh, well, well we can, we can have football and we can have a championship game and everybody can be involved. So why was it so hard to come back and say, well, hey, maybe we can just start cross country at the middle of October and then maybe run the championship in the middle of December. You know, that would have been, okay, then we're fine. And it didn't have no effect on everybody. But instead, no, let's just make it into the wild, wild west, do whatever we want and give it just, you know, on top of that, we'll give you an extra season of eligibility on top. Uh, oh, I know, I know, because, you know, running cross country in December and running cross country in March in the Midwest and in the East Coast is like different or something, right? Weather-wise? Yeah. Oh, it's not different. Oh, I, my bad. <laughs> I, I don't, I like, I so don't understand any well, 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 a lot of it comes down to this for me. Like, I think there was a knee-jerk reaction in the beginning. And, you know, so like, there's this, there's this, again, so we talked about the pandemic courage so let's talk about COVID fear right so now you have this fear of what might happen with cross country so then let's just not have the championships but as we move forward and we see that there's certain conferences that are going to do it and we have these protocols in place so whatever protocols you have in place in March they wouldn't work in December that I don't get that that's the baffling thing for me so we have this plan that'll work for us in March but we couldn't implement that same that same set plan in December. So, we can, we so for the last the seven weeks, teams, we can allow the football teams to take a take a break, which it wasn't a break, right? And decide they're going to come back and play. 
So do we really think those cross country teams weren't out training? And if you if, if they picked up the phone tomorrow and called their presses and said, hey, look, we're going to have the NCAA championships at the end of December or the middle of December. <laughs> and this is the protocol it's going to take to get there. Oh, people will find a way to get there. Yeah. I mean, so this nonsense of, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're afraid of the COVID. No, you're not. They're 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 gonna they're gonna find a way to 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 compete at indoor nationals and cross country nationals two days apart. We know some people are gonna go ahead and try that. Now I don't I don't train long distance people. I've never tried to do it. I don't really have a, a, a belief that I would do it. But I have to imagine you train them a little differently for a 10k race outside than you would a 5k race indoors. I feel like those are two different sets of competitive levels. Well, levels. well i think and, the, the, the thing is uh, like you're gonna hurt these kids the thing is is like the the the, the, the rationale is going to be well you can double in the 5k and the 10k outdoors right so you run the 5k on friday or the 10k on saturday or vice versa so that's going to be the rationale so it's the same thing so you run on wednesday and you come back and run on friday so why can't you run on saturday and then come back and run on Monday. That's going to be the rationale. And, and look, some you. of the some of the better athletes will, will they will find it. They'll they'll, they'll handle it. We we we've, the freak of nature, the unicorn, as you like to say, will find a way to get it. I'll ask sure. a stupid question. Where is where is the cross country meet? Oklahoma. Where is the in Where is the indoor meet? Arkansas. Got it. Not very far. Not very far. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so David Copperfield on line one. Um, Chu, who, who's on uh, who, who's on speed round or whatever this week? So footnote, for those of us under 50, David Blaine is who he's referring to. So no. just FYI. No, David he Copperfield means, he means is for older people. Blaine, oh, Blaine I'm sorry. a better analogy, but I understand what he... We, uh, wait, what's, what's dude's name that's in Vegas now? Chris... Uh, Chris Angel. Chris Angel, is that better? That's a much better show. He does a better show. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, we're talking about magicians. Penn and Teller, I don't care. Like, pick one. <laughs> love Penn and Teller. Right? I love magicians Teller. quietly. Don't tell nobody that. So, sure, we can pick a John, pick a, pick a, pick an age group. I, you know, like I said, Harry Houdini. I don't care. <laughs> Anyhow. So whoever can make athletes appear and disappear during the course of a year without any eligibility harmed. That's Jeez. called the NCAA. Yeah. So yeah. so for seven weeks, what have I been saying? On every single time we've had a show and we've mentioned them, I have said the NCAA is lacking utterly in leadership. This is a prime example of a complete lack of leadership and proper decision making. And, and, and unlike football or some of the other sports, they made a decision in cross country, like we're done. We don't talk about it anymore. Right. Like, hey, we're that, doing that. That ship, that ship has sailed. We're going to run it in, in the low winter, the spring, whatever it is. So, Well, that, that kind of ties into to what we were talking about earlier with the whole Minnesota situation, right? Like, we, we have a, 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 a little minor audience here at, at the LLC, you know? And when our audience hears this conversation, maybe a few people will get a little more clarity on this issue and be like, wait a minute. Damn, that makes no sense at all. I'm kind of I hope so. about this. Like, why would we stand for this? I guarantee you 95% of the athletes at these schools has no idea that that's the way it's set up and have no understanding that that is how they are playing 
the non-distance running track and field athletes. They're, they're getting played in this equation. And at some point, they're going to figure it out. And I'll be like, yo, wait a minute. What? Really? But does anybody care? Is anybody going to be able to make a big enough noise about it? Probably not. That, but that, that's crazy. That, that's wild to me. Absolutely crazy. All right. Well. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Mr. Clyde, is your seat warm? Because if it's not, it's going to be. I mean, you know, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm good on the fly. So I passed the Bay Area test of, of rapid fire. Right. Uh, I can well, only imagine what this one's about. <laughs> and this is going to, it was hard for me because I had to keep reminding myself to take myself out of the Bay and try to get you something not Bay related. So I apologize. This is a little rocky. If it's Southern culture, I'm going to fail. Oh, this would be great. <laughs> <No>. Yes. <laughs> I did try to, I was trying to think about some Alabama stuff and then I was like, yeah, I can't go there. All right. So you ready? Sure. All right. Golden Mate Park or Lake Merritt? Lake. Got it. SFO or Oakland International? Oakland. My God, no. No <laughs> one wants to go to SFO. We go because yeah. we have to. <laughs> um, you're eating clam chowder, bread bowl or regular bowl? Regular. Most of the bread bowl is stale. There's only one or two good places where bread bowls is right. That's, you're not wrong. I ain't making that pilgrimage. <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, Lionel Rich, Richie or Hall and Oates? Lionel Richie. Got it. Um, coaching international athletes or domestic athletes? Oh. Oh, God. I just slide it in. Honestly, all the pro. At the pro level, it's all the same bag of mess. I don't, I don't really enjoy most of it. <laughs> but you like a mess I'll, that you I'll, my, I'll stick with my homegrowns. If I, if I'm gonna go through the stress, I, I, I want to coach the Americans. But the internationals pay better. <laughs> um, favorite event to coach? Four by one. All right, here, here it is. Favorite spades partner: TJ or Huffins? <laughs> that's, that's that, just, is, that is disrespectful oh my all, god you're being uber messy there is no listen for the audience tell them tell them for the audience i only have in the track world one true spades partner and that is christopher huffins tj we won't embarrass him with his last name might be one of the worst spades players I've ever encountered. He's so bad, he was injured in a push cart wheelchair and we took it from him and made him <laughs> limp down the hallway on one foot. That's how bad TJ is happen. at Spades. So that no, the, the, the convention this year has been canceled due to COVID issues. And the one possible good thing about that is that me, and Mr. Huffins will not have to continue our years of undefeated at spades for the entire culture of track coaches. We ain't never lost. We won't be losing. TJ can't play spades. <laughs> you have survived. I hope you had fun. What, let's see. What did you do, Luce? <laughs> That's fine. Shots fired. That one I threw in mid-show, I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, this is a good one. I had to, I had to oh write that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> Love you, TJ.
They're gonna be a they're gonna be a hot individual when he watches this show on Friday. Ooh. All right. No, well, no lies are told. It's all no, facts. not at all. No, there's legitimately TJ's scooter got stolen that year. Definitely <laughs> been kicked. Yeah, rough times. No injuries in this crew. <laughs> well, gentlemen. Uh, let's go ahead and round out the episode with our heartbeat props. Um, so who would like to graciously step up? I'll go first. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be light this year, this, this week. So I mean, I won't, uh, Lamar won't tell me he hates me this week. So, <laughs> but I always love you. Like, like you've told me three weeks in a row that you hate me. So I won't let you. That's, that's true. Cause you'd be making me try look, man, I can't be crying in public. That's not okay. Or too late. Uh, so anyway, um, I'm, I'm going to give my heart props to a guy that um, a guy that I had the pleasure of watching compete here in Gainesville, and then later on I had the, uh, the pleasure of coaching him as well. And but the reason I'm giving my heart props to him is that when there was a coaching change at the University of Florida, uh, he came to me and said, "You need to apply for a job there." My response was, "I'm still working on my degree. They're not going to hire me." He saw me two days later and he said to me, have you applied for the job yet? And I said, I told you, I'm still working on my degree. They're not gonna hire me. His response was, if I see you again and you haven't applied for the job, we're gonna fight on the spot. <laughs> and knowing him as I do, not that I was afraid to fight him, but we were gonna be fighting and that wouldn't, be, that wouldn't have been good for either one of us. So um, I applied for the job and through, went through the process and getting the job and the rest is history. Um, so I want to give my heartbeat props to Mr. Mark Everett um, for uh, trying to bully me into applying for a job. Roommate! <laughs> <laughs> That's my boy. Uh, you know, always, and you know, the, what I love about Mark is he's always been brutally honest about anything we ever talk about. And uh, I love it when he, he comes through games with me now and then and he shows up in practices and uh, talks to the guys about you know the, the tradition and the, uh, the you know the history of Florida track and field. So, Mark, if you see this, love you, man. Appreciate you. See, no tears. <laughs> no tears. <laughs> well, I, my mine is very, very, very lighthearted this weekend, and uh, my heartbeat props goes to a group of young people who one hundred percent do not watch this show. Um, as it has been alluded to a time or two. Um, I coach a group of eight-year-old baseball players. And um, my heartbeat props goes to a group of 12 little kids who have gone on like a, at this point, I think 20-week journey with me um, to just get better at baseball. And last night, I was the proudest of all proud papas. Like, yes, my son is on the team, but I was super duper proud of a group of 12 kids who look like the 27 Yankees um, just on one night. It was the last night I was going to get to coach them. And it was like they had decided that they were going to send coach out on, a, on, a, on some sort of like ridiculously high note. But I mean, we turned two double plays last night. The two worst kids in the league who were on my team both got RBI singles, like all kinds of crazy. We caught like five pop-ups yesterday. We've caught like seven all year. So <laughs> At the end of the day, these are real stats. Like, we, we're not good at catching the balls in the air. I don't know what that's about. Um, probably bad coaching. Um, but 
at the end of the day, uh, I almost cried. Real talk. Um, because I told all, the all these tears, man. What's I know, on? man. It's weird, man. It's, Most I guess it's turning 50. I don't know. It's but it's... Anyway, uh, I told all the kids and more importantly, their parents when we first started that I didn't care if we won any games and that success for me was that at the end of this season that they all felt like their children were far better players than they were when we started. And last night was an incredible example of that. And it, it reminded me of why coaching is so awesome. Um, it reminded me of, of the connectivity that all of us crave and, and feed off of with, with young people. And to be honest, like it, it reinvigorated me as to like, you know, there is some good in this world and, and something good in 2020 actually happened. So my, my heartbeat props actually go to my 8U Tomahawks black group of uh, uh, baseball kids. And uh, I'm very proud of them. So we're all on the lighthearted kick today, I see. Um, so we all, um, I'm, I'm certain, have um, our, our friends, our family, our groups of people outside of what we do every day that, you know, that we may spend time arguing with or telling stories to and, you know, group texting and all that other stuff. And, you know, for me, those conversations kind of, you know, keep me sane in my in my daily chaos and you know i don't, I don't converse with a, a wide range of, of too many people but the, the small little pockets of people i do um, have those interactions with are, are pretty important to me and so without going through the list of the names of all of those people because that would you know be too much i my heartbeat props go out tonight to uh two groups that keep me very very entertained um with on my daily uh sidetrack missions and that is a uh, goon squad and my track shark crew, and they all know who they are. I appreciate all of you. Um, you guys are all very entertaining, and I genuinely, <laughs> genuinely appreciate the the banter back and forth. Uh, no matter where those story, no matter where those conversations go, it, it, it's always fun. And you know, without that, you know, I'd be a little less sane than I am. So, shout out to Boom all. Squad, stand up. <laughs> oh wow. Well, I will round out the evening with um, more lightheartedness, but um, if you've been watching, you know, I've gone through the tiles of the screen. So um, not out of obligation, but definitely out of appreciation, I lift up Lucius. Um, I won't government name you, but um, <laughs> um, I appreciate just, I appreciate the fact that you're so real and in meeting you, but I mean, it's, I think we're coming up on a year in December of actually meeting you face to face and whatnot. Um, the conversation was real, you know, your, your process from start to current is one that's tangible for everyone. It wasn't because you threw a penny in a well and poof, you got this UF job and you're going to be the Olympic team coach. And you, you've got these dynamic athletes who just this, 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 and this, and you've got a lineage. No, you worked for it and you've put in the time, you've been gritty, you've gotten grindy, you've done all those things that all of us feel, all of us little people feel like that you don't have to ever do, you know? And so the, the vulnerability, the realism, the, the conversations that, you know, 
till this day, I can tell you exactly where I was. I was sitting in my little cubicle and we had a scheduled call. I was supposed to call you at three o'clock and at 2.55, I'm like, oh God, all right. And my hands are sweating. You're not even gonna see me, but I'm supposed to call you and have this conversation with you and I'm flipping out. And you're like, hi. And I was like, dang, <laughs> this is way too easy. Like, I, this is supposed to be way harder than this. Um, but, and that's how it's been since day one. It's just super real and you've kept it real and, and honest. And that's something that, you know, you don't soften in. And we, as the regular people down in the middle, always feel as if we get fluffied. Oh, we'll just keep working harder and you'll make it. I'm like, no, just shit doesn't happen sometimes. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, well, move on, make something happen. And so for that, I appreciate you and you are my heartbeat props. And as I circle out the three of you gentlemen, I appreciate you. I couldn't lump you into one because each of you have definitely um, touched my heart, shaped me as a coach in the short time or in the long time, you know, uh, as much as I'm going to admit this, as, as stubborn as I am, you've all changed my mind in one way, shape, or form. <laughs> yes, I'm admitting the stubbornness. I am a well, well, that, that, means, that means you sit and fit in well with everybody else on this panel. Because, <laughs> right. of course, I'm, just, um, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not stubborn at all. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being said, thank you very much, Lucius, Clyde, You're very welcome, and baby. Lamar. I appreciate all of you through and through, day in, day out. And if you haven't known already, or if I haven't shown already, let me say it that way, you know, um, I'm here till the end, ride or die till you kick me out. I'm good. So <laughs> I appreciate you. So we can't kick out the ringleader. I don't know how that works. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't not, know. Not happening. You're, yeah. Trust me. <laughs> you're safe. You're, you're good. <laughs> I've been safe. For I've been sure. giving a rose. Yeah, and I'm giving I'm giving Lamar his seat back next week. That's for sure. <laughs> this is not a place for Christopher. No, no. we won't government name you, government name you anymore. No, no. L Lamar well, Lamar lives here. Yeah, we need him back. Thanks. Um, well, as always, it was fun, you know. And and there there are episodes that that go like this, and we go spike high. And then we just plateau. Not great for a training program, but it's great for us. We'll take it. <laughs> we will take it. <laughs> so, gentlemen, thank you so much. Lamar, Christopher, wherever you are, be safe. Please make it back. And uh, make sure to bring Lamar with you, okay? Will do. Will do. All right, gentlemen. Have a great evening and have a great week ahead of you. Asta. When the lights come on, the road just get to running. When the lights come on, opponents smash the plumbing. Would you like it warm, hot, knife the butter? Truth pin them hard, knock them off that rebuttal. Tsunami, tidal wave to your puddle. Tough love punch you in the arms, little brothers. Athletics double, I'll see it, there's no others. Track and field's pace and we'll to go further. Hey, Wiley, Coyote, it's Roadrunners. Feels like you know us, you've been with us the whole summer. If not for this quarantine, these four corners wouldn't be here, but we're here, so start learning. You gotta earn your stripes, gotta get your scars. Show you how to fight, but show us who you are. You lack experience, but still you wanna talk. And who is that you're talking to? Your circle's kinda small. Heads prevail when the backbone's strong. Gotta keep it calm.
terminal won't last long Pass a failed and sell the sad song And if you don't check yourself, then that's wrong Just trying to give you the real that you asked for So why you keep cutting us off to ask more We put it in slow-mo, but you fast forward Athletics, devil, I'll see the task force Ooh, wasn't that fun? Man, that's it, boys and girls. That's a wrap. What a great, great, great time I just had right there. I hope you did as well. If you like what you heard, tell someone else. Best thing you can do for me right now is if you received value, go share this on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Smoke Signals, Morse Code, whatever you're using for your social media text message, old school. Let's do it, man. Really, really appreciate that. If you want to know in advance what the next greatest guest we're going to have, simply subscribe right now and whatever you're listening to, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, hit that subscribe button and you will be in the know before anybody else. That's it. I'm out of here. Look forward to next time bringing you another great connection with another great track and field coach. Bye-bye.